This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Wongal people and the Yagara Turrbal peoples. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Strap in. Buckle up. It's story time, folks. This is Australiana Rama. Warning, this episode contains some sweary swears. Uh, and it also has the, the name and description of a wonderful Wiradjuri performer who passed away in 2008. Hi, Jess. Hey, Maddie. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about drag queens and the outback? I really am because we've had, we've had a week off um, yeah. and I'm excited to talk about this film, it's going to be good. Yeah, which is called The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's a good, good, long, strong name. Yeah, I think people all often forget about The Adventures, at least I do, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, because the musical is just called Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Which makes sense. Mm. I like The criticism. Adventures of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind me asking, what kind of cabaret do you do? We dress up in women's clothes and parade around mouthing the words to other people's songs. I've um, been asked to do a show out of town. You've got to be joking. Ta-da! I hereby christen this budget Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. You actually make money by dressing up like a woman. You can make a fine living in a pair of heels. But then I spent so many nights how long have we been on the road? Four and a half hours. And I learned how to get along and so you're back from out of space. I just walked in the I mean, who is the fish that runs this bloody hotel in the middle of nowhere anyway? Your mother? No, my wife. I'm married. <laughs> Sorry. You got us into this, and I suggest you start thinking about how to get us back. <laughs> That's oh, nice, in a hideous sort of a way. Hello. Nice night for it. Where are you blokes from? Uranus. Oh, good. Uh, so Priscilla was made, well, it, it premiered in 1994. Much a like great, Maddie, mm-hmm. premiered in a 1994. Great year for queer things to exist. Priscilla <laughs> happened, I happened, the Wickham opened in Brisbane, oh. which is one of the go-to, it's like the iconic queer bars here. Good times, iconic times. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so the synopsis is... Two drag queens and a trans woman take their act on the road. They have several adventures and uncover deep secrets as they travel across Australia, entertaining homophobes and enthusiasts alike. That's pretty good. Like it doesn't, there's no spoilers. No spoilers in that. That's nice. Yeah, that's your logline level, Mm. like top level. Yeah, so essentially um, one drag queen 
uh, yeah, has a gig in Alice Springs mm-hmm. and ropes two friends along to go with him um, and shenanigans happen along they the do. way. To drive from Sydney to Alice Springs is quite hectic. Um, mm. If you've ever done any driving through that area, you would know that it is legitimately dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, not just because of hate crimes, but because the literal desert. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they sing songs and meet new people, some who love them and some who hate them. Um, and they get to Alice Springs and family things happen. Are we happy to talk spoilers? I think this movie we came out to. in 1994. I think oh. we can spoil it. And if you're if you're concerned about that, just stop listening to the podcast and just watch the movie. Watch Honestly, this famous just film. Watch it's the part movie of regardless. Just, just engage with the culture, you know. Please do. Please and thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. So he gets to Alice Springs, and essentially he's reuniting with his wife, um, mm. who is a lesbian, and they've had a kid together and so they kind of made this pact years beforehand about you know taking turns to raise this kid but she would predominantly raise the kid because she wanted one um and it's kind of his turn so he mm. like arrives they do this amazing drag show and then I think it's which we'll loop like, we'll loop back in more depth to all we'll of loop this. back to mm. yeah because that is pivotal i can't yeah. um he meets his son the son he, he panics about his son thinking all mm. sorts of things about him the son is really accepting and also wears great outfits um, that I would wear right yeah, now. Yeah, as you say, he dresses as you. <laughs> that was one of my notes. I was like, that's the outfit I wore yesterday to work. <laughs> um, Bench. And then they, yeah, and then they have mm. to travel back to Sydney and mm. they leave one of the characters behind in they Alice do. Springs. That's the yeah. plot pretty much. That's the plot. In yeah. a nutshell. Uh huh. So, initial thoughts and notes, Jessica. Okay. Well, um. <laughs> I watched it late last night. It's now this morning because um, I hadn't watched it for a while, and I've just written all these notes that it's literally just it's stream of consciousness because um, I think I have so many thoughts about it that it's hard to distill it into. I think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also of its time, mm-hmm. and like if it were made now, it would be different. Yes, so it's absolutely. kind of like you have to engage with it from a certain angle. But I just think it's really great. I think it's a special movie. I mean, like one of the first thing, the first thing I wrote down, um, I just wrote opening is stunning, um, mm-hmm. which it is. And then I had just written preacher man because mm-hmm. <laughs> in the lip sync <laughs> um, where it's I've my been first paradise, note, but I've never is... been to me. <laughs> no, my first note is starts with a hate crime. <laughs> The second line includes the word dickhead. <laughs> yes, that's because I was like all the like amazing like Australian things. I was like, man, they say the word fuck very casually, very quickly and a lot. Like yeah. one of the first yeah. lines that you hear is like that was fucking charming, you gutless bunch of dickheads. And I was like, yeah. oh, yes, very <laughs> good. Mm, delicious. <laughs> just just mime to Shep's kiss. <laughs> and then said delicious. <laughs> And there's a rubber chicken in that scene. Um, yeah, like my that my notes are much like this. And then I will have written Terence Stamp is beautiful and underlined it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Guy Pearce can actually sing. Yep, true. 
Um, okay, so my my initial impressions mm. are, like I said, starts with a hate crime. Second yep. line has the word dickhead in it. It is very Australian cinema, mm. like very much so. It's hyper camp. There are flashbacks because Australia loves nostalgia um, and there's a funeral in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, great, we've mm. got camp, we've got swear words, we've got nostalgia and death. Let's mm. go. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's also very white as well. You're like, mm. yep, every person in the first half an hour-ish or 20 minutes is a white person. Um, but even just the colour palette of the thing is immediately Australian cinema, mm. the high contrast versus the kind of muted tone. So that kind of like, oh, yeah, the background and the scenery is, mm. you know, muted tones and then all of the costumes and the characters and the people are these high contrast yeah. characters, which is the same in Muriel's Wedding in um, Strictly Ballroom, like that mm. era of cinema in Australia. Yeah. Very much the vibe. Mm. Um, so Close-ups you, you like lizards in the desert too, a lot of those. Yes, yes. I also love that within the first five, ten minutes you see the Imperial Hotel in Sydney. Oh, yeah, that's where they iconic, leave from. Mm. Yeah, which is an iconic um, hotel that still runs Amazing Drag Nights and they've actually, like their restaurant, when they renovated a few years ago, has been named Priscilla, which is mm. very cute. So, yeah, you kind of see these iconic Sydney places and then leave them very quickly. Yeah. Like we are in the desert. Mm. <laughs> which is yeah. fun. Um, One of the first lines as well is (laughs) when they're talking about the gig and Guy Pearce is like, four weeks, equity minimum, two shows a night, accommodation paid for. And I was like, very real. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who's currently on tour, I was like, yes. That's (laughs) nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Guy Pearce, I always, like, I get confused because I, my brain tells me that Guy Pearce and the amazing dancer, Sydney Dance Company guy from Strictly Ballroom are the same guy. Like they're so similar mm. in these movies. And I'm like, no, no, that's Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is not in Strictly mm-hmm. Ballroom. No. The other guy is not in this, Paul Mercurio. Paul Mercurio yes. is not in Priscilla. But would and have done a wonderful job. Vibes yeah. Similar them. face. Yeah. Similarly beautiful. Same hairdo. Yeah. I think it's that's partly what it is. Yeah. And, you know, yes. same lighting. <laughs> Very similar. Mm. And came out around the same time. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and like Muriel's Wedding, also the ABBA songs, and like Bill Hunter is also mm-hmm. in that. Like he was filming at the same time in different mm-hmm. parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To clarify, yeah. I think I said Guy Pierce said that line, but it's actually Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, Weaving yeah, it is. I interchange them because of my brain for some reason mm. does that. I've um, got a little note here that. Is a, just one a thought that I had, and I was like, "Can I buy a bus and live in it?" And then I was like, "Lol, no, I don't have ten grand." Um, you also don't have your now. license. <laughs> I have my learners. I just park it somewhere, live in it. Someone. I else mean, can yes, drive. you could buy a bus and live in it. Like, not, but I, I literally can't afford one. But I was like, ah, oh, that's it's a nice idea, isn't it? I mean, we could go fund me. <laughs> I think let's not. Let's give it a miss. Yeah, I'm not living on the bus with you. I'm very no, no. sorry. Like no, I no, love you dearly, fine. but that's fine. absolutely not. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so they're in the desert. Uh, one of the key things that they kind of allude to doing that they will do is climbing 
Kings Canyon. So Guy Pearce's character is like, I've always wanted to climb Kings Canyon as a queen. Mm. Um, I did actually look this up. As to, oh, yeah, as they, to, wanted, they wanted to climb Uluru and thank God were shot down. Yes. Not literally, like, yes. but they were not allowed to do it. <laughs> yeah, but they did that, but they've put that in the musical, in the live oh, show, no. they climb Uluru because they're like, yeah, it's we're not on the sac- sacred side. The problem wasn't that they were like, oh, we shouldn't film in a sacred site because that's disrespectful. It's that mm. the they were banned from doing it. Yeah. They didn't get permission. And so they changed it to King's Canyon. But they were like, well, we can do it for the stage show because we're only it's only a prop. Wow. I didn't Set know line. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that was that's unfortunate. Um and I did actually look up whether King's Canyon has sacred sites as well and it does. But okay. apparently there's like places you can go that mm. are approved and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Well that's so good. that's interesting. Mm. Um and I also think like if if you've ever driven through the desert, mm. You would know that as you are leaving certain areas, at least in Queensland, if you are driving out west and you kind of go as west as civilization, you know, colonized civilization is in mm. Bulia, there are all of these signs plastered, which is like, do not keep going <laughs> mm. unless you have seven days of water, fuel, food this particular radio setting in your car and for, mm. like this particular type of car that you can yeah. use, like do not keep going, you will die. Mm. <laughs> and so like looking at this film through that perspective, I was like, fuck me. Yeah, <laughs> what were they a little doing? bit scary. And, well, I guess yeah. um, did because those it's not like they pulled down any signs. Those didn't film places where you could see those signs mm. or maybe it wasn't mm. as well signed in 1994. Potentially. I mean, the signs that I've seen look like they've probably existed since yeah, at probably least the, 1994. The original sign. Yeah. But yeah, mm. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, the desert is genuinely terrifying. Yeah. Well, so, whenever all... the section where they get stuck, I genuinely mm. get really like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then Bernadette just walks off into the desert. Just leaves. I'm like, um, death sentence. And it's yeah. Yeah, scary. And, but like, beautiful and it's just like wow you can barely see her in the distance she'd never be found yeah. Poetic, um, but deadly. but then she is um but then the couple is yeah. homophobic and they drive away yeah yeah also the whole um taking the shortcut rather than the paved road that's mm. a whole thing as well I did that once driving from uh, somewhere into Dubbo mm. um and we <laughs> yeah we definitely had a time uh, nearly died. That's mm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. You, that happened yeah. as well when we were driving from like Brizzy to Tannum for something, and like there was, yeah. you know, road work on the Bruce Highway, so we went some weird way. Or mm. just like, what's going on? Yeah, there's um, a place in Coonabarabran mm-hmm. called, which is the meteorology capital of Australia, mm-hmm. and there's a place called Crystal Kingdom there. Guys, go to Coonabarabran, go to the Crystal Kingdom. It's amazing. It's this lady and I think her husband used to run it with her, but he's since passed. And the two times that I went there, he had passed in that Mm. time. Um, And they have all of these fossils and crystals and all sorts of nonsense that, you know, people have donated from the area um, because there's heaps of geological, like prehistoric sites Mm. 
and she she famously will tell you like to take the off road. She's like, go if you go on a dubbo, take the off road. Blah 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 blah. So I just feel like she's maybe caused several things. <laughs> she lit- it's like a routine she has. She's like, mm. oh, where are you going? Blah 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 dubbo. Okay, here's the map, and she'll like hand draw you this map. But if you ever mm. want a shortcut and you want to save an hour to dubbo, but you're willing to take the risk, drop into Crystal Kingdom and she'll let you know. <laughs> Have an experience. <laughs> Kuna Barabran. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I go on a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's good. I think I, we all need to know about the Crystal Kingdom. It's true. <laughs> um, and I mean, well, on their way to Alice, they do go to a couple of other places. Like they go like Broken Hill. Where Broken they, they, Hill. They stay in the, that mad hotel with all the scary murals on the wall. They wrote scary yes. hotel murals. And they and then, do the hmm. shot competition with that yes, woman. Yes, Shirley, I and believe my, her character yes, is called. Uh, Sheila. Oh, Sheila. There we Sheila. go. Sheila. And when I watched that scene, I was like, I am both Sheila and Bernadette in mm. this <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Wild. Yep. Yeah, because that's one of the and times. And they go where, to Cooper Pedy's. Well. Yes, and that's where it's real scary. Genuinely terrifying. Mm. Yeah. Well, shall we go a bit more chronological? Is that easier? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I've got I've got one little note that says wealthy mum Pomerantz because Guy Pierce, aka Adam, his mum is played uncredited by Margaret Pomerantz of Margaret and David, the um, film critic people. Amazing. Did you notice that? No, I, I like, didn't. That's Margaret Pomerantz, and then I looked it up, and it is her. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like oh. it, for like a split second, when in like the so little montage quick. of them getting ready to leave Sydney, he's in this like big fancy house, you know, having a little argument, I guess, but getting dresses from his mum, <gasps> and it's her. Oh, I love that! What a good little Easter egg. Mm, it was real. It was great. <laughs> I, I'd written Pomerantz. Guy Pierce is pretty, and then I wrote face like a cat's ass. I think that was just a line that I liked to hear. I don't mm-hmm. think it was what I thought about Guy Pierce. No, he's oh, too yeah. pretty. And the dress that like Hugo Weaving wears when they're in Broken Hill, the one that's made out mm-hmm. of thongs. Thongs. Yeah. yeah. Apparently that only costs like seven dollars. I'm not surprised. Mm. Which is that's a lot of they must have just got the thongs in bulk and then zip tied. Yeah. That's some cheap thongs. Yeah. Go to Crazy Clark's, mate. Mm. Silly Sollies. Silly Sollies. It's <laughs> not a phrase I've heard for a while. It's like mm. the rejection. They, Do they, still, they still have in one in Toowoomba. They oh. have one in Toowoomba. I saw one. I took a photo of it and sent it to my nan because I was like, oh. <gasps> yeah. Amazing. They're not readily available though. <laughs> no, that's a shame. I mean, I – what did I write down? Oh, because like the character of – Bernadette, who is, it's like that she's been in Lay Girls and is, mm. you know, an aging showgirl essentially. It's like it's not based on Carlotta, but like it, it is mm. like famous icon, except I think, well, Terrence Stamp is a little bit older than Carlotta and Bernadette as a character is a bit jaded, whereas Carlotta mm. literally retired this year, mm. 2021, after 58 years. That's a long time. Yeah, um, and because Carla, like Carla, wasn't the first person to have gender confirmation surgery in Australia, but like the most high profile and in the seventies, like the most publicly yeah. known. And so it's yeah. like you can't have this character without Carlotta, but also it's not Carlotta. Yeah, yeah, 
there's a lot of that. There's a lot of kind of nods to, you know, iconic Australian queer places and icons mm. and people and, yeah. Yeah, so okay. they've stopped in Broken Hill. They've stopped in Broken Hill and some slightly spooky things happen. So there's kind of a reoccurring theme of like a hate crime or like a minor Mm. hate crime or someone says something derogatory or you know a moment of tension flares up um and then depending on where they are like the further and further they get through the film it either dissolves or it doesn't and so Mm. broken hill that happens and they're on state and then um one of them i can't remember if it's guy or hugo but he says now listen here you mullet it's to Sheila. It's Bernadette. It's extremely it's Bernadette. Very yes, elegant. That's right. Very Bernadette calm. says, "Now listen here, you mullet," and then basically makes a joke about her not being shagged ever again. Or yeah, by like saying, that. "Why don't you light your tampon?" Yeah, and then the only old bang you're mate, ever gonna get. Yeah, yeah, old mate, some blokey bloke in the bar starts laughing his mm. ass off. And then everyone laughs and then the potential tension completely dissolves, mm. which I think is something, it's certainly something I can relate to. Like I think there have definitely been times um, in my life where it's been, you know, with extended family or colleagues in a staff room, when, you know, back in my teaching mm. days and stuff like that, where someone would maybe say something slightly homophobic or transphobic or just without even realising sometimes, and then another person has gone, boom, and then we've all laughed Mm. about it. And I I don't know, I think it's a coping mechanism that is quite common. Mm, Well, it's a big, that's a big part of drag, especially in in Australia, is like, you know, the reading sort of thing, but also like Mm. having that ocker thing to go for is what a lot of people did. Mm. I think it's, yes, it is a drag thing and a queer culture thing, but I think it is also an Australian thing. Mm. Like we we really do sledge our friends a lot. You know, we punch yeah. down and across. Like we really, um, and I think that was something you and I, when we, the first time we went to Europe and we hung out with your brother's friends in the Netherlands <laughs> and a few times where we would like tease him about things and they would mm. just kind of look at us like, oh, oh. Mm. like oh, this is what we do. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a teachable moment. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. But I, I do think that it's, it's something that's so beautiful about the script throughout is that mm. humour is used to dissolve a lot yeah. Of things and that feels very very real but they also aren't afraid to lean into a few poignant moments where it's like no this is actually mm. yeah which is yeah. what happens when they go to Cooper Pedy and mm. the humor doesn't work and the humor doesn't dissolve or de-escalate the situation yeah the situation does escalate he gets punched in the face and it's actually very scary mm. and they go back to the hotel and I'm like yep I've seen those things happen yeah because when well. they leave like Broken Hill, there's the graffiti, which yeah. is on the bus. And, like, that's, like, they've actually yeah. had a great night in Broken Hill. Although I think is that when Bernadette rightly beats up Adam because he keeps. Yes, it is. Yeah. Like misgendering her and, like, yeah. calling her the wrong name. Yeah. And that's quite, I was yeah. just like, yeah, Bernadette, get him. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really good for the time. Mm. 
as well. There's definitely some language that is outdated. Like, yeah, you know, we would refer to her as a trans woman mm. now, not as a transsexual in mm. most instances. Yeah, um, there are some older, otherwise older people who would still use that term, but that's only like if you're using absolutely. It for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. yeah, and so that's but yeah, the the graffiti is a big moment. Mm. Um. It does say AIDS fuckers go home. Yeah. Which I think that's I think it's a really, really clever way for them to address, you know, because it's nineteen ninety-four, so mm. the AIDS crisis has just kind of been in full yeah. force. Um, and that was a really, really big deal that happened in Sydney. You know, lots of people in the community were affected. By yeah, that and, and it was stigmatized sixty-seven like percent well. of the cases, like around that time, it was in New South Wales. Like it was, yeah, big in, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, a bus full of drag queens from Sydney mm. going to a rural area, people would act would absolutely have had that on their minds and potentially been awful about it. So, I think it was a really good thing to include um, without it being a main plot point as well, because it isn't the point of the mm. film, but yeah. It's, yeah, mm, it puts yeah, it an important a, thing to note. Yeah, and then I like because like Adam, Adam is a little shit, and particularly like to Bernadette. But it is nice to see that their relationship like develop and like yeah, he goes and, and gets Adam the paint. transforms. Yeah, and yeah. like fixing things and like is still I mean, is just a really real character as well. Yeah, like I as much as he's he's very obnoxious, he's very camp, but he's not. I don't think he's a stereotype at all. I think he's a real, very real. No, I don't think mm. any of the three protagonists are. Like mm. I, I know all of those people, yeah. you know, like mm. even the campness, full-onness, the, yeah. the stereotype within themselves is not mm. a stereotype of like people that we would know. Yeah. Um, and I do love that after that moment as well. I think it's Hugo Weaving's character says, no matter how tough I think I'm getting, it still hurts. Yeah. You know, so there there is this rhythm in the film where it's like humor used to de-escalate, and then something else happens, and then you see them actually vulnerable for a moment, and then they mm. put their shields on and they perform again, and they own their space again, and then something happens, and they're vulnerable again. Like that is there's kind of this cyclical narrative. Mm. Should we be very real? Yeah. Should we talk about the three main characters for a moment because we've kind of landed yes. on it? Yeah. Um. Because. Hugo Weaving, mm-hmm. in his finest role, honestly, I think it is extremely nuanced. It's very subtle. It is beautiful. Yeah. Um, Tick, yeah, or Mitzi. Mm, I think he has a full name. It's like Anthony something, but they mostly call him Tick. Yeah, um, I think I feel like either Marion or Bernadette calls him by his full name a couple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which again is like yeah. an Australian thing, I think, as well. It's just like fast and loose with people's names. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's really, really lovely. Like it's quiet and gentle, and you know, gradually reveals that he has a wife and a child. Yeah. Um, and is yeah. like struggling with with that. Um, and then there's like Bernadette, who is an older trans woman. Mm. Um, and one thing that I noticed, I, I haven't watched it in a while, and I was like, wow, they just have, like, a really lovely conversation over dinner where they're mm. talking about, like, kids and Bernadette mm. is just kind of like, well, that option I gave away when I had my surgery mm. pretty much. And it's just kind of like it's one of 
many conversations that they have. Mm. And I was, I yeah. was, it's like, oh, wow. It's like, yeah, you have, don't have the option yeah. to have a kid, but it's something that she's thought about. Yeah. yeah. So and then Guy Pierce's character. Yes. Guy Pierce is so pretty. It's disgusting. Man, like oh, so Adam slash Felicia. Yeah. It, again, if you've gotten this far and you haven't watched it, just go have oh. a look, you know? Yeah. Carve out some time to process. Because that man has carved out some abs, you know. Yeah. Just... <laughs> and beautiful costumes. Yeah. Well, they won an Academy Award for the costumes. Yeah. They did because there's two. It's um, what's his name? Is it Tim Chappell and Lizzie Gardner? There's two of them. I want to say, yes, I actually do have it in my notes. It is Tim Chappell and mm. Lizzie Gardner. Because yeah. I looked it up because they've it was amazing. The, the Academy Award was is is such a big deal, um, huge deal. Yeah, and also I was like, because in the in the end credits there is someone in drag lip syncing beautifully to save the best for last, and I was like, who is mm-hmm. that? And it's Tim Chapel, one of the costume designers. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. Um, Makeup has come a very long way in drag. Since yes, then. it really has. Um, yeah. Oh, there was one point where they. they it, was like oh 10 minute call and it's like guy pierce only has one eye on they i know he does not I have time like, the least believable part yeah. of that <laughs> i also had i was like no 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 that's like a half hour call moment no 10 minute absolutely mm. not <laughs> um, but yeah he's such a real character and like he goes through a lot and also it there's all the little details it's like yeah this is a, a young guy who's grown up in sydney with a mum who clearly has money like when you look at him he still has that relationship which is lovely and then he is a bit more bold and arguably foolish about the things that he does yeah he's he's somewhat in arrested development yeah and also like he's not I'm sure he's experienced violence in the city but like isn't a had probably hasn't been in the country like he's used to being in the bubble yeah and I think that's a really, it's a really nice relationship to see between that character and Bernadette because that is something that I, you know, of, of course things are so much better these mm. days as far as um, LGBTQI rights, but, you know, even just in the last five years or ten years, the shifts that have happened and the fights we've had to fight and the marches we've had mm. to go on means that some of the baby queers that come up now, you know, kind of jump in really fierce and really bold and that's so amazing and it's Mm. so great but it's also like you know you really need to kind of learn your history as well Mm. and also learn that there are people who aren't in metropolitan areas that are still really struggling like it was like 40 percent of Australia voted no (laughs) yeah (laughs) like Mm. that's that and that wasn't that long ago and so there Mm. are communities that you can walk into still and it's a completely different story. And so seeing that character go through those realisations and going, oh, I can't just walk out and drag in Cooper PD yeah. without potentially being assaulted. I should be able to, mm. but I can't, um, I think is definitely uh, something that is still a thing. Oh, yeah, you could still have you these know? experiences now yeah, in certain places. Um, yeah. And that's where Bernadette is so beautiful. And I've got so many notes where I was like, man, Bernadette looks great in this scene. Well, look at those sunglasses. Looks so (laughs) elegant. So glamorous. So stunning. And obviously all of of these characters are played by cishet men, um, which – And I think 
people watch it like if you've watched it for the first time now it's it could be easy to be like oh why weren't there trans performers or gay performers in it Mm. but also there aren't that many older trans women actors and there weren't at the time that were openly out like it's I mean it's kind of based on Carlotta obviously they didn't get Carlotta but also Terence Stamp is a bit older and also just even like the stigma of like not wanting to get cast and typecast in gay roles was such a thing so lots of people were in the closet they were they were queer people that they did actually offer roles to first Mm. um, and that is all documented but Mm. That they, it was not a quick casting process. They actually went through lots and lots and lots and lots of different people, queer, straight, famous, not famous. Yeah, because um, it's each like Jason Donovan and Rupert Everett, they wanted. Even Tim Curry at one mm. point, David Bowie at one point, like yeah. all of these different people. Mm. Um, yeah, I, th- I honestly think it's just more of a reflection of how casting's different now. Yeah. Like we do prioritize, well, we should prioritize these things. And at the time, it was more about who can do the role well Mm. and they do they do do the roles really well um you know I yeah we wouldn't cast cishet people in these roles now but at least to their credit Mm. everything feels quite respectful yeah um, Terrence Stamp is real beautiful yeah and Bernadette yeah um in saying also, that, though, there yeah. are some characters oh, yeah. that are deeply problematic, mm. even for the time. Yeah. <laughs> Holy um, shit. Before we move on to that one oh. in particular, I'll say the yeah. writer and director, Stephen Elliott, who is also in it uncredited, it's at yeah. the casino in Alice Springs, like the really beautiful doorman, like uh, yeah. blonde surfer. Yeah. That's the writer and director. He would have been 29, yeah. 30. And he only publicly came out in 2012. Yeah, the man who wrote and directed Priscilla didn't feel comfortable no. publicly until 2012. So it's like I'm sure yeah. there were plenty of other actors who are still like that. So many. Still. Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, think about the wave of like Thorpe and Magda and all mm. of those people. That wasn't that long ago. No, not at all. A decade ago. Yeah. Tops. So the the beautiful work that is done in the film does not extend to a certain character um (laughs) which is cynthia who is bob's wife and that performance she full bodies it you know she's got the script she's doing it this is this it's not about the performance there's no half beans it's full beans she was a power ranger because i looked her up it's like what other things did this lady do she's in power rangers movie around the same time yep that yep um putting that together in my brain Yes, I actually can't because I haven't watched this in a few years either. Mm. I actually did kind of forget about this until it came up. And as soon as I saw her face, I was like, that's right. Oh, yeah. So essentially there is a very um, uh, problematic stereotypical, beyond stereotype, beyond Mm. stereotype of a quote unquote, because this is the word they mail order bride from Mm. the Philippines. Ping pong balls are used in a particular way that is mm. completely inappropriate. Um, yeah, it's bad. It, we can't really dance around it, even for the mm. times. It wasn't. Yeah, it was. That was like and kind they of the one thing. Criticism that, at the time. Yeah, yeah, that it's like coloured the the reception of this movie is just like what was that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's such a shame because 
there are other moments of um, culture and cultures mm. kind of meeting each other that are quite yeah, and also nice, if not reductive at some points, mm. and also lack. It's a missed opportunity um, as well. Like I think yeah. it's like it, like the idea of you know a woman from the Philippines who has had like a shotgun wedding with this guy that's been traveling the world a lot and then ends up stuck somewhere between Cooperpedia and Alice Springs when yeah. they thought they're going to live in city. That's like that's like really interesting. Yeah, like and yeah. with for a movie that doesn't have many women in it, it's a shame. It is a missed opportunity, especially when Tick's wife is so lovely. Yeah. And I I think, although Nuanced. brief, I do think that she's three-dimensional mm. and such a lovely character. It's like yeah. you really missed an opportunity for the only other really um, cis female mm. character to <laughs> have any kind of redeeming quality. And it's, yeah. you know, and they do all, like the, the arc of the thing is there, mm. like the arc of the positive narrative. Where yeah, she like she leaves, leaves and it's yeah. just like, oh, thank and God. It's like, oh, if you had done this but in an actual three-dimensional mm. way that wasn't offensive, yeah, the plot and- points are there for it to be quite a good arc but mm. no they fucked they fucked it completely <laughs> and also like shaming her as a very talented adult entertainer you know yeah and like sex worker it's like you wouldn't yeah. that wouldn't happen in it now because like people mm. do do all kinds of tricks and like honestly if you can open a beer 100%. which is they, they allude to that wow you know bravo yeah good work yeah yeah terrifying (laughs) absolutely terrifying but there's there's a missed opportunity where like she could have still have been treated poorly by Mm. that community because chances are that would have been the case yeah but she similarly to the drag queens could have had a moment of like oh well fuck you like Mm. i'm gonna go on my own tour and do what they're doing in my car that's full of things yeah you know like it's still it could have been a moment of unity Mm. through oppression there rather than yeah there's no excuse for it um nope and but again I think that that actress really gave it her all and some gravitas this was a woman in distress yeah she really played it so it's it's not about (laughs) no no Mm. no the um, Tick's wife, though, she's lovely. I actually wish we do see a little bit more of her yeah. just because I really like her. Mm. Um, and I cry every time that they do the performance and it pans to his son standing up clapping, being like, bravo, every time mm. I shed a tear. <laughs> oh, and then we're like Adam's being a little shit and being like, you know, prying into the kid just being like, oh, do you know what mm-hmm. your, your dad does? He's like, oh, yeah. And like, does he have a boyfriend? He's like, oh, mum, mum had a girlfriend for a while. But she got doesn't have a boyfriend either, like a boy for a while. I was like, oh, God, I love these kids. It's so beautiful. Yeah, and then he's like, want to come play in my room? I've got Lego. Yes, I wrote down, I want to play Lego. <laughs> I, I was like, Lego. I was like, I said that the other day. Just yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have Lego. <laughs> and Adam's like, yeah, sounds great. And then they yeah. have a lovely little friendship develop, which is so cute. Um, yeah, I want to. I am that son. Um, <laughs> you are that son. <laughs> It's like looking in the mirror. Just for everyone, um, Maddie messaged me the other day um, and I there was, I feel like there was a photo with your skater boy hat and you're like, oh, a kid asked me to play handball today. It was great. 
Within the context of working with children, not just a strange child. Oh, yeah, not just, they didn't just be like, that's another child, no. (laughs) Yeah, I have a blue Um, card, everything's fine. It's all great. Um, Jumping back, because we we missed, um, oh, because when they're with Cynthia and Bob, there is a moment where, um, because Bernadette is anxious to go on, to go on stage. Um, And then... The other two are something like, oh, you know, it was fine in Broken Hill. And she's like, there was a Kmart in Broken Hill. (laughs) (laughs) They knew what frocks were, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we also did jump over the point where they meet some Aboriginal people. Yes. And I do want to talk about that. Save them. (laughs) Yeah. So they, when they spend their few nights in the desert, which they're far too casual about, um, they yeah, do. one of them would have died by then. Oh, anyway. absolutely. It would have been Adam. Um, they <laughs> yes. start, like, doing their rehearsals and a beautiful Aboriginal man appears and is yeah. just like, nice night for it, which I wrote down because I was like, that's the so perfect good. response. So um, good. And I think it's a really nice sequence. And I wrote, who is that yeah. lovely actor? Who is that? Yeah, um, yeah I had the same question. I found out. Would you like to know? Mm-hmm. Because um, he's just listed as Aboriginal man in the credits, um, but they do refer to him by his actual name, like in the show, like Tick calls him Alan at some point and that is, that is mm. his name. Um, and he was a really amazing musician and songwriter and actor. He did pass away in 2008. Um, yeah. He was only 40. But he, because it's Alan Dargan or Dargan, I think is how you pronounce it, he was a Wiradjuri mm-hmm. man. And... Yeah. Called by many is the inventor of the rock and roll didgeridoo. Um, Fuck yes. Like, which is featured up. in this sequence. Yeah. So I have to assume that it would have been him on the recording yeah. because, yeah. partly because, like, just a lot of the crew and performers are doing a lot of things in this movie. Yeah. That's um, also an Australian film thing, by the mm, way. Like, small crews doing lots of things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he was like a really, really prolific and amazing, amazing musician. And one factor, it was so like I was like, "Ah, oh, you're cool," and I enjoyed yeah. my little googling tangent. Yeah, it's a nice moment. Um, I read the National Film Archive actually has this specific sequence as a clip, and then an analysis underneath as an education resource. Oh, that's nice for schools, which I think is great Mm. Um, and if I ever find myself back in a school teaching media I will be using that resource thank you very much Mm. Um, but they say there's an obvious attempt at suggesting a solidarity of the oppressed in this scene but perhaps something else is at work too the definition of natural and unnatural is constantly under review in the film and this scene is a kind of subversion of that idea Aboriginal as natural might be expected to reject the unnatural as in you know the drag but Mm. it doesn't go that way the term becomes meaningless everyone likes to dance and sing the desert also has an impact on the drag Mm. so they talk about how like the natural landscape has an impact on their performance and their drag costumes and stuff like that as well but yeah the solidarity of the oppressed Mm. um, is a really interesting idea and a, a good friend of mine who is a um, Indigenous youth arts artist, we always say same, same, but different, mm. you know, like there's no way that we can kind of equate what she's gone through and what I've gone through. And I would argue that First Nations people have a much rougher time than I yeah. would in this country, <laughs> but there are moments where we go, yep, same, same, but different, like mm. navigating what it's like to work in youth art spaces um, 
you know, mm. we can kind of call each other up and talk about, oh, this fucked thing happened. Let's debrief mm. about it, you know? So I just yeah. really enjoy that moment. Mm. And it's not heavy handed and it's also, it doesn't feel too, it's brief, but it's not massively reductive or. No, you know, it just seems, um, it's nice and everyone seems like they're actually having a good time. And also it's nice to see someone be like, man, you're idiots. Like, yeah, Alan appears is beautiful. Yeah. It's just like, oh, wow, I'm, I will help these people. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then being the smarter people in the situation, going like, mm. you fuckheads, why yeah. are you driving this You're bus so lucky. through here? Yeah. Which is <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking the entire time. Um, but yeah. But, yeah, I just wrote this is so cute. Like it's just really nice. And then I also wrote who did this arrangement. And do you know who did it, yeah. maybe? The, because the – No, I couldn't find – I had a well, quick dig. You must have found this, it better there's than – There's the soundtrack and then there's the person who did like the original score, like the orchestral score, um, and his name is Guy Gross. And oh. do you know who that is? Yeah, you know the last I name do. Gross before. <laughs> you know who his dad is Yoram Gross. Yeah, like this person also did That's a lot of cool. music for like Blinky Bill because his parents yeah. are Yoram and Sandra Gross. Yeah, amazing. I'm just I can't I cannot even begin to go down this tangent because I will need to talk about Yoram Gross and Blinky Bill on another episode. Yeah, because he also did Bluey. So many things, so many. Um, yeah, so so great work, guy. Um, Good work. I thought that was so. That's a very very Australian, very prolific um, composer, actually. Mm. And well done. Yeah, I that's actually very well done. Yeah. And <laughs> Bill Hunter in a headband. because so, we've we've jumped we oh. jumped back and now we jump forward. And another thing that, like on Wikipedia, it was like you know Terence Stamp suggested Bill Hunter, and he agreed quickly, like without um. Hearing more yeah, than a he vague was the description. one that was like, yep. but also, <laughs> Bill Hunter is is he's passed away as well. He was in every Australian movie. Like, I'm not and he surprised. Plays Bill Hunter, that, like, yeah, he and plays it's just the like, same character. Yeah, Bill in this one, your name's Bob. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he could just come in here and be, you know, pretty ochre, but like very gentle. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. bring some some emotional nuance and gravitas to it. Yeah. I just thought that was really funny, like that they'd made a note of like, oh, he agreed to it and it's just like this man is in everything. That does not surprise yeah. me in the slightest. I would love to be that person. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, just play yourself again. Yeah. Great. You've All got right. a very People specific type. Done. Like, yeah. welcome. Come <laughs> here. Yeah, and because like Bob's a, Bob is a nice character Um once yes. you get. Starts, starts on a problematic journey. Starts rough. Yeah. After that. Mm. it's actually quite good. Yeah, and just the thing, like, he's, you know, he's seen Leg Girls and there's that nice bit where, like, the, like Hugo Weaving, Tick and Adam are just like, oh, and they do a thing with their face. And yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you've, you've, seen, you've seen Bernadette. Um, mm. And then they have a really beautiful, you know, little journey of two old people getting to know each other. Yeah. It's very sweet and very romantic. And we assume that they fall in love and are together. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm. Off screen. Yes. We touched on the stuff that happens in, when they go to Cooper where nice things happen, but also Adam is attacked. Um, and then mm. I wrote, on your Bob, on your Bernadette, because they save him. Um, yes. Then I wrote, poor Adam. But then, you know, Bernadette, as, you know, the mother, has a really nice moment again with Adam, like, because he's still a little shit. Yeah. But she's there to support. And then. Yeah. And it is the reversal of Adam being horrible to Bernadette. So it's kind of the like 
Mm. Now you know what it feels like. Yeah. Moment. Um, and he's like in the solarium and he can't like talk because he's got like ice on him. And then <laughs> Tick comes in to be like, I'm gonna say <clears throat> I'm gonna say a nice thing, but also lol, you can't yeah. talk. Let me give you some shit. Um, the library is open. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to be red. <laughs> yeah, Hugo in his little beanie. Um, and, oh, amazing shirts on the Alice Springs hotel staff. So we've arrived oh, in Alice Springs. Um, yeah. As someone who just came back from Darwin a couple of days ago, can mm. confirm that at the hotel I stayed at in Darwin, they had very similar shirts. Mm. I was like, yes. <laughs> and a sensible short. Like they look great. They look comfortable. Everyone wears shorts. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's fucking it's fucking hot and it's July. <laughs> no, it's June. Oh, Correct. Yeah. But, yeah, so they get to the casino. Um, they meet Marion, who is Tick's wife and is amazing. We've mentioned. Love her. Yeah. Um, and then in capitals I've got finally, because that's the song that they're lip syncing to. Mm-hmm. Finally. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And mm. unrealistic costume changes, but it's more of a montage yeah, of multiple songs. Yeah, it's like they're doing but... a full production show. Um Oh, and that's that. That is the Oscar moment. Like when mm. you see those costumes, you go, "There yeah, it is." This yeah. is like throughout the whole film, they're amazing. Mm. But you go, "Yeah, this is what would have put yeah, them on the radar." Yeah, because it's like the, these spectacular production things, plus all like the very subtly glamorous character things that Bernadette wears, and like the yeah. cool costumes that they're wearing in their casual clothes. I'm like, "This is great." And I've written frill neck Hugo entrance beyond iconic. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that speaks for itself. As Bernadette, with like the big round thing around her. Oh, so funny! Face every time. I'm like, oh, I love it. And especially because like Bernadette, like her whole energy is she's she's you know she's agreed to do this thing. She's recently bereaved. She's yeah, not loving she, it. You know, she, she looks like she's just going through the motions. She's doing in her the job. best way. And it's it's yeah. I think it's so good. Um, and I understand, like, mm. it'd be fucking tiring doing yeah. drag for that long. Good mm. God. But the, the frill neck in particular, and I forgot they made the opera house. Yeah, that, yeah, that's um, always good. But the frill necks, it's, yeah, mm. really spectacular and a good song. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then there's all the really nice stuff that then happens because, like, little Benj is such a fan. Marion yeah. snuck him in to watch the show. It's really yeah. beautiful. And then later when like Tick slash Hugo Weaving is trying to be all butch, he's oh like wearing his man clothes and Benj is just kind of like chucking rocks and being like, oh, I love Abba. I love my dad. Yeah. And it's just really <laughs> beautiful. Uh, yeah. Same. Yeah, it is really good. Um, and, ag- again, it's another example of this film having Big conversations in mm. just really normal, natural, low-key yeah. ways. Yeah, it's just like you can just normalizing be really honest, a lot of things. Honest with your kids, yeah. and they'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> we assume we assume they make the drive back to um, Sydney because yes. it is only we don't see it, but we assume tick Adam and young Binge on the way back because Bernadette but they do a show at the, the very end. They do, yes. And we we assume see them. They make it. We they make them back to the, the Imperial. Imperial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And little Adam's helping and operate the lights. Yeah, he's doing the lights, and yeah. it's Mamma Mia, and it's and it's great. Perfect. So mm. good. That's the plot. 
I in a like ramshackled been, we, way. We've been through a lot. Um, it's a oh, great every movie. time. Yeah, yeah. So the legacy of this film is enormous. Mm. And, you know, I think it's really important to note that drag culture and queer culture and Mardi Gras and things like that in Australia have been going on for a long time. Mm. Um, also, even you know, pre-colonization and stuff like that, like performance and yeah. Yeah, I just I cannot overstate the legacy mm. of this film to the point where, you know, one of our major insurance providers in this country, Amy, has had that campaign for a while where it was like, we're going to Broken Hill and their car mm. breaks down. And that was 20 years after the film came, mm. <laughs> yeah, came out well, and everyone's like, I know what that is, you know. The costumes and like the big stiletto on the top of the um, bus, but like the costumes that are like instantly recognisable. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have the the shoe on our logo, um, which is very nice. And our amazing artist, uh, Mm. Ashley J. Nixon, did that for us. Mm. Didn't even request it. He just knew there was a vibe. There was a vibe. It's in there. Yeah. Well, I love the I love all the wigs in this. Like the ones that they're just made of, like found objects. (laughs) They're so good. Yes. I think. And I I I think that. Speaking of the costumes mm. and legacy and camp culture yeah. in Australia, it's very interesting reviewing this while Drag Race Down Under yeah. is happening because it's the first time RuPaul has been here. Mm. Um, I've been watching the series mm. and I am an on and off fan of RuPaul and Drag Race for yeah. many different reasons. Mm. Um, but I wanted to watch it because... It's Australia's first time, but also mm. had hesitations about it because of the casting process being very yeah. whitewashed. And it also mm. wasn't application based. It was just cast. Yeah. Like they, they just picked people. Yeah. In America, um, it's like a video process. That was not the case here. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that might have had to do with COVID and things like that, mm. but still like no. bull- bullshit on yeah. that. But it's really interesting having watched the American lens on Australian drag and queer Mm. culture because campness in Australia isn't just a queer thing it is actually just a thing that we do across the community like Mm. campness in our comedy in our art you know Muriel's wedding is a hetero story but Mm. it is camp yeah Strictly Ballroom is fucking camp oh absolutely and all of his work like all of that stuff is something that we've done for so long in our art do you know who's in all all those movies just quickly bill hunter bill hunter Hunter, very camp camp yeah Mm. but i think it's it's really interesting to watch something like rupaul Mm. where they are critiquing things they're 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 using a criteria that we wouldn't use mm. in drag culture in Australia. If yeah. Drag in Australia is so much more character-based, mm. comedy-based, camp-based, using found objects in costumes and stuff like yeah. that, you know. And drag, ever since RuPaul has become mainstream, like RuPaul's Drag Race is for its mainstream media now. Mm. When it first happened, I'm going on my Ru rant, everyone. When it first <laughs> happened... It was just us queers watching this thing. Mm. And in Australia, we had to illegally download it and you would literally like get it off a USB of another friend and you'd have watching parties and watch it together because that was the only way you could watch it. And now it's available across Stan and all all Mm. of my hetero friends who are in the arts are like, oh, my God, did you watch like RuPaul UK season one, blah, 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 blah. And I'm Mm. like, 
no. Which I've been watching that show for 10 years and I've given up on it because like it's exhausting now. Yeah. But I th- I think Australian drag is just less focused on being fishy, which mm. is a term for like passing passing as femme. Mm. Um and is less commercialized. Yeah. I agree. Um, and it is more about personality and community. Mm. And it there isn't as much money in it either. And I it's really lovely watching something like this and going, Oh yeah, so many of these costumes are just things that someone has put together. Mm. And it's shit that they've got and not spent a lot of money on but made this amazing piece of art and then you put that in the context of something like Drag Race now and it would be ripped Mm. to shreds because it would be like you haven't spent enough money on Mm. this costume polishing it. So it's such a lovely celebration of Australian drag and I really, really hope that although Drag Race has been this um, point of conflict and Mm. rightfully so, yeah, I hope that it kind of reminds us what, drag culture and camp culture is in Australia and going, actually, we don't need to bend mm. to no. the American commercialised version of this thing. Like we have our own amazing thing and we've been doing it without you guys for fucking years. Yeah. Well, Ever since Mardi Gras and before Mardi Gras mm. actually. So deal with it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's my soapbox <laughs> moment. Mm. But I'm I like, would like nope, to say. We're I keep do- doing it the way we want to do mm. it and fuck off. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> Guy Pierce is on the roof in like the silver stiletto, I was like, that bodysuit is like fully, like it is like sequent. Someone yeah. wore a tribute to that look on Drag Race. It was not good. Mm-hmm. It was not good. And they, they got really good marks for it. And it was just like, yours, yours is shit. The thong dress was on Drag Race recently. Oh, that was um, good. The, the, the silver one on someone was not not yeah they've been a few they've been quite a few priscilla moments Mm. on this season of drag race and it's always been like oh like good work but Mm. yeah that's cute but Mm. it's like we also didn't um, do it as well as they did in the the movie which they did on a very low budget and also apparently a bunch of the costumes melted in a car park in alice springs (laughs) during the filming of priscilla and they had to surprise they had to make them again (laughs) I'm just park. not surprised at <laughs> all, at all. Um, I was reading about how audiences responded mm. to the film and apparently in the States people responded really differently mm. to here. Like they would just laugh at completely different jokes. Yeah. Because our, yeah, a lot of our humour is a big old in-joke. Mm. You know, a lot of our sayings and our layers of sarcasm and mm. digging and stuff like that, but they, that the the director could actually kind of track laugh points that were entirely different depending on what country it was viewed in, which I thought was really interesting. Mm. Um, and that in America it was perceived as, and this is a quote from him, you know, the big one that will bring gay lifestyles into the mainstream, while Australians tended to embrace it as just another successful Australian film. Yeah, I saw that too. Which I, I think, think rings true. Mm, absolutely. And it, I think that that's proven by the point that it's in advertising campaigns to this day. They were in the closing ceremony of the Olympic mm. Games in 2000. Yes. Like, Made yeah. into a successful Although we've musical got a, in 2006. Yeah. Which Although we've got a long way to go. It, mm. Yeah, I think campness and drag culture actually sits within our broader landscape of mm. how we process comedy and art here in Australia. Yeah. 
which is interesting. Mm. And, you know, some problematic moments but a wonderful film. Problematic moments. Yeah. Absolutely. And just made by like a um, young team for not much money. It's also just a it's just a really well-made road trip film. You know, yeah. it's kind of the Thelma and Louise of Australia. Mm. Yeah. If you actually just break it down. If you take away the queer themes, it is actually just a story of transformation. Mm. You know, and every road trip film needs to have some kind of finding yourself moment. Um, which all of the characters do. They mm. all come out of it. The three main characters come out of it quite different. Yeah. Yeah. And it's visually stunning. Beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And they, they lean into moments of artistry as well. Mm. You know, there are interesting kind of montages and shots and sequences that are, it's not quite magical realism, but mm. there are, you they're alluding to the element of the like the magic and the history that exists mm. in the landscape of Australia. Like landscape is character. Yeah. Is something that is common in Australian film. Mm. Um and it has this kind of magical quality about it. Yeah. Um do you have any final thoughts? My final thoughts are Yanong. <laughs> Hearing that in a film is always going to make me happy. Yanong. Yeah, and something you can't say in any other country mm. without people looking at you yeah. like <laughs> you're having a stroke. <laughs> what is what's your final um I've been to paradise, but I've never been to me. Oh. <laughs> See you on the bus. Oh. Bye. Bye. Join us next week. I'm going to tell Maddie all about Fantasy Glades, a currently tragically closed um, shit theme park in Port Macquarie. Um, So look forward to that. Um, You can, as always, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Australianorama, or you can send us an email at australianorama at gmail.com. Bye.